1: And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today on the show, we are going to talk about what happens at the end of the first round if all the options are suboptimal or the players that are projected to the Packers are all gone because this is something that I I think we need to consider because the Packers are certainly considering it. It's one of the reasons why they're going out and spending in free agency. And it is something that I think all of us need to be prepared for an eventuality that we all need to be thinking about because it could be the case that by the time we get to the end of April and the Packers are picking, and by the way, we're gonna have a whole conversation about the NFL draft because by the time we get to the end of April, the way that draft looks, the way that it is put on TV, there are a lot of are there going to be players there? Are there going to be fans there? This is something we're gonna talk about a little bit later on in the show. So one of the projects we're working on is Uh, A host mock draft, and this is something that every media company does that has, you know, hosts for every or journalists for every team. They're going to do a mock draft, and you have each host pick their picks for these teams. And as we go through this, I see player after player high on my wish list go off the board. And, you know, Justin Jefferson goes, Josh Jones goes, Kenneth Murray goes, all these guys that I'm looking at going, man, I I think this person would just really be a no-brainer pick for the Packers, and I think they'll be interested in picking them as well. And by the time we got around to Green Bay, to me, the top players on the board, Clemson receiver T. Higgins. Xavier McKinney from Alabama, the safety, Zach Bond, the linebacker from Wisconsin, and Denzel Mims, the receiver from Baylor. Mims went right after, by the way. Brian Peacock from the 49ers picked Denzel Mims. I picked T. Higgins, and I don't have any qualms about picking T. Higgins. I think T. is an extremely talented young player, just turned 21 years of age, and assuming at his pro day he doesn't run four-six-eight or some craziness, He's going to be a top 20 player for me. If he is there at 30, I know that Denzel Mims is a more dynamic athlete, uh, all of that. And I know he's the guy that's now getting the first round buzz over T. Higgins. I'm not worried about the fact that T. didn't work out. I watched him. I watched him play football. I watched him at Clemson. I watched him come through in big games. And he's a player that I would really like. But a lot of the best case scenario guys are off the board. And Green Bay is going to have to be in a position to say, Who are the players that we really like? Who are the players that we're willing to bang the table for? Who are the players that we think can come in and help this team in the short term and the long term? And what is the circumstance under which I can justify trading down? Who are the players? And what positions do the players play who can come in and impact this team the most? And one of the ideas that I brought up is, you know, if the Packers sign a linebacker, and it sure looks like their intention is to sign a linebacker, that there are some guys later in the draft potentially, some of these hybrid players, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Jeremy Chin, Kyle Duggar, who can play that hybrid safety next to a Corey Littleton or a Nick Kwiatkowski or a Joe Schobert, Whoever they have, play that true inside linebacker spot. Someone who's going to be on the field in a single linebacker look, 70 plus percent of the time. Well, if they have a linebacker locked down and the offensive lineman options are not great in the first and the receiver options are not great, let's say T. Higgins does go out and run four, six, seven and has bad agilities and just tests like a player who some thought was scared to test or was worried about testing in Indianapolis because he wasn't going to test well. That was the narrative around Minnesota's Tyler Johnson, in fact. So this is not a ridiculous idea in principle. Then what do you do? Do you take a Xavier McKinney or a Grant Delpit, someone who can be that hybrid safety linebacker player, who can make life easier for Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos? Both of those guys can play in the box or play high or play in the slot. Let them roam a little bit, give them that freedom. What do the Packers decide that value is worth to them? What if they sign Corey Littleton, someone they think is a true three-down guy, someone who can play by himself or with another inside linebacker, and they say, look, we want to play a little bit more traditional nickel. We want to, we want to be able to play in a 4-2, in a two, two down linemen, two outside linebackers, and two inside linebackers. This was something they did a lot over the course of the spring and into training camp last year before Oren Burks got hurt. If Zach Bond can play off the ball and you sign a free agent, then a player like Bond, who can be a forced player in the run, who can be a dynamic blitzer, and who has the movement skills to play in coverage, but doesn't have to play 40, 50, 60% of snaps right away, can play 30, 35, maybe even 40. And you have Littleton who can play in those single linebacker looks. The upside of someone like Bond, whose third down ability could be used to some great effect, who gives you a de facto backup pass rusher. Maybe you don't have to worry about getting that fourth outside linebacker because Bond in pass rush situations can give you some of that edge juice. You put Rashawn Gary's hand in the dirt or Zadarius Smith's hand in the dirt and, and let these other guys on the edge just go crazy. That's a scenario that could work for the Packers, a four-man rush group with Zedaria Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, and Zach Bond, and say good luck blocking all of those guys opposing offensive lines. That is something that that could also be in play. And one one, I put this out in a poll to Packer fans. I said, what would you do here? Because the first option, it was Patrick Queen was the one guy on the board that everyone really wanted, and then he got picked. Baltimore picked him. I, I considered trading up because I had a feeling Baltimore would pick him. And, and the Packers are in a position for the second year in a row wanting a player who could be also a Ravens target and feeling like they have to trade up to get him. By the time it got to me, T. Higgins and Denzel Mims got the most votes. Clearly the Packers want a, a receiver, and clearly Packer fans want a receiver. I cannot blame them there's going to be a receiver worth taking at 30. So even if these options go haywire and there's no offensive lineman worth taking and there's no linebacker worth taking, number one, I think it's worth asking, and this is going to be a discussion for later in the week, if the Packers sign a linebacker, given how much they played with just one true linebacker last year, do they invest another high pick in one this year? My answer would be, on a cursory glance, no. And that opens it up for them to take a receiver for the first time in years in the first round. It's also a good reminder of why it's so important to have a backup plan at offensive line. Because if if Bulaga is not going to be back, and it's seeming like that's the case, you need to get someone like Jared Valdir, someone who can come in and for sure start in 2020 because you could be sitting there at 30 and, and you don't love any of the guys. Now, I, I could have taken Ezra Cleveland. Someone who I think would be worthy of that 30th pick. But I like T. Higgins enough that that was too much of a temptation for me. I didn't even put Cleveland on the thing because I knew no one would pick him. But I would be fine with that. There are a couple other players who I think could fall into the second round who would be really good for the Packers. I, I like this day two offensive tackle class. And I don't love, you know, after about the 50th guy in this draft, I don't love the receivers. So if they're going to sign a linebacker and these top offensive tackles are gone, take a receiver in the first, find that offensive tackle in the second because I think you can. And then in the third, can you get a Jeremy Chin? Can you get a Kyle Duggar? Have these guys flown off the board? And if not, can you get an Akeem Davis Gaither who is coming off a foot injury and may make it easier for you to snag him in the late third round?
0: want organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power-packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit Dave'sKillerBread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
1: All right, I want to talk about something that I didn't want to lead the show with because I was, I was nervous that too many of you would turn it off. I'm being 100% Dead-ass serious. Because we are constantly inundated with this information right now. You cannot turn on the TV and not see or turn on Twitter and read about what's going on with with COVID-19, the coronavirus. And the implications for sports are enormous. Italy has postponed indefinitely their top soccer league, Serie A. They just canceled the, the biggest American tennis tournament outside of the U.S. Open at Indian Wells because of the coronavirus presence in the Coachella Valley. We don't know what's going to happen with Coachella. Not sports, but relevant, right? And just about every major sports league in America has made a statement about their plans to restrict the locker rooms. And leagues like the NBA have said, we're discussing what could happen if this gets bad enough where we have to play games without fans, LeBron James has said, I will not play games without fans. Conspicuously absent from this conversation is the NFL. And I understand they're six months away from games, but they're expecting three quarters of a million people in Las Vegas for the NFL draft at the end of April. We are less than two months away From the NFL draft, hundreds of thousands of fans. You're talking about thousands of on-site staff, production crews, security, parking, vendors, media, players, their families, team representatives. What is the NFL's plan? We haven't heard anything. What about practice? Just a few weeks after the draft, all of a sudden, it's minicamp. When we get to OTAs, what's the situation going to be? Is media going to be allowed there? Is this an end run around allowing media in the locker room full stop? That was just a big topic of discussion among sports media. Is it necessary to be in the locker room in the first place? And is there a better way to engage in the reportage process? It's frankly disconcerting that we haven't heard anything. We haven't heard word one from the NFL on this. We haven't heard from Roger Goodell. You wouldn't expect to hear from Roger Goodell, but maybe you hear leaks. Maybe you hear sources. Maybe you hear plans. I mean, Woj has it all in the NBA. We know everything the NBA is planning to do. We know they've sent memos. We knew they've done studies. We knew that they have had internal discussions, and we've had players asked about it. Now, they're in season, so it's a little bit different, but everyone's got a source right now in free agency. Everyone's got a source on scouting. Everyone's got a source on who's rising and falling in the NFL draft. And we don't have anyone saying, What's the deal with coronavirus? Are players going to go? Are fans going to go? Is the event going to be open to the public? We don't have any idea what's going on. And if you're a fan who's going to travel, it's Vegas. Of course you want to go. You want to go and party and gamble and see your team pick a player that you've never heard of. It's the fun of the draft, and it's in Vegas. And it's going to be warm and it's going to be fun and it's going to be sunny and it's going to be hot. And you might contract a potentially deadly disease there because we have no idea if the NFL cares enough about the fans to have a plan because they haven't said anything. And their blatant disregard for the fans and for the players in the past makes that concerning. If this were another league, if this were another entity, you might give them the benefit of the doubt. The NFL has not earned the benefit of the doubt in this situation. Absolutely not. And we're just left to wonder. Well, I hope they're doing something. I'm sure they have have to be. Hundreds of thousands of people are going to be there. They have to have a plan. Except this is a league who over and over has botched every opportunity to do the right thing. Every opportunity. Every time you think, well, this is a layup. They can't possibly screw up this PR move and then they do it in absolutely inglorious fashion. If I were going, I'd like to know. I have media friends who are going to to college basketball tournaments that are happening in days and they don't know if they're going. Could be could be played in front of empty stadiums. Is it fair to the players to ask them to be out there? Is it, I mean, if 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 minicamp starts mere days after the draft does the nfl have a policy in place for whether or not it is safe for the players to be on the field sweating bleeding breathing on each other in close proximity to one another working out together showering together are there don't get weird are there extra precautions going to be in place at team facilities what about league events what's going on we don't know We don't know. And why don't we know? Because the league hasn't said anything. I'm still getting emails about female fandom soaring, which is great. I'm still getting press releases from the NFL on Microsoft and the NFL expanding their partnership. I'm still getting emails about player invites for the NFL HBCU combine. And those things are important. I don't want to to undersell any of those things. But we're talking about for whatever you think about what's going on, and for whatever you think the danger level is to you and wherever you are. I'm not I'm not trying to create any sort of panic. I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I'm not. I'm saying the NFL has not come out and said they have a plan, and that is disconcerting. Any multi billion dollar corporation that employs thousands of people that has not expressed any kind of plan for this is not doing its job because there are people in the building in in the league office around the league coaches and scouts are grinding tape. They're spending a lot of time together. It's there's a lot of dip, not that they're sharing it, but I'm just saying there there is a lot of close proximity. What's the situation? What's the league doing? What are teams doing? What are the Packers doing? These are questions we just don't have answers to at this point and that's troubling.
2: Home. You were a lot more than just a home this year. Thank you for letting me eat all those meals at my desk or take all those morning meetings from bed, make the office chair my midday nap spot, our area rug my yoga mat, and our closets into storage for all our anxiety shopping. Yeah, you wore a lot of hats. Well, we mostly wore sweatpants, which now have their very own dresser drawer thanks to you. I know it wasn't always great, We accidentally killed a lot of plants, learned a lot of really bad dance moves, relearned a lot of fourth grade math, spent a whole month rearranging the office furniture every day, but you always gave us space to sleep it off. So thank you, home. At IKEA, we think home deserves more credit for staying organized even when life is messy, for keeping us energized, for boosting our calm. Home does a lot for you, which is why we want to do more for your home. Find new home office, bedroom, and organization solutions at IKEA.
1: All right, before we finish up here, uh, we, we are still a, a day closer to the legal tampering period and the league year opening, and we still do not have a collective bargaining agreement that is signed. And the executive committee, they're having a vote for a new executive committee. Three of the four Proposed presidents have been vociferously against the proposal that the league has already approved and voted on that the players need to approve now. I don't want to rehash all of the implications for that and what that means for the league and its players and the contracts that are, that are going to be signed, but it is the case, and and it's been reported. Former ESPN reporter uh, John Clayton, who now I believe does media in the Seattle area, he said that there are a number of contracts on hold because the CBA has not been signed. Dak Prescott, it has been reported that one of the reasons they haven't finalized a Prescott deal is because both sides are waiting to see what the future of the CBA is. So this is a major bore to talk about, I think, for a lot of fans. they just like, okay, just wake me up when this is done. And I get that. But the trickle-down effects are enormous. This has important impacts on who and how the Packers can sign and for how long and for how much. So it does matter. I know it's, it's not necessarily the most exciting thing to talk about. We'd much rather talk about, you know, which players the Packers are going to draft, which players the Packers are going to sign and how those things are interrelated. And and trust me, we have plenty of time to do that. We will always do that. It's the beauty of being a daily show. We get to talk about all the stuff. We get to cover everything. We get to get in the weeds and, and do the minutia of everything related to the Packers. So, We will continue to do that. I meant to mention this a little bit earlier, but I got a note from someone who was dealing with stage four cancer. And they said, you know, I I listened to the show in the hospital and it really helped me. And it really meant a lot to me personally. I'm no longer saying the review. I am now talking about this review. It meant a lot to me personally to hear that. It's not something you ever think of when you do a Packers podcast that you're going to get a note like that. But even better, I got a note from this guy. I will I will use only his first name, Mike. And he said he is now in remission. That is pretty cool. So shout out to Mike and all the listeners out there. Truly appreciate everything you do. And I it's proof I do read the iTunes reviews. So I, do, I remembered that and it meant a lot to me it still does so thank you all to everyone who is a part of this glorious ridiculous lovable community it's it's a great thing to be a part of going forward this season we're going to be back tomorrow as we are every day in the off season 5 days a week whenever possible it will only be 4 days a week barring news monday through thursday i will be out of town i know i picked a bad time for that but I am the best man in a wedding, and there is no getting around it. So uh, we are just going to have to deal with it. If I have to record an emergency podcast, I have to record an emergency podcast from Colorado. But I'll I'll uh, cross that bridge when I get to it, or, or perhaps that ski slope when I get to it. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockdownPackers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, leave us a review. Let us know how we are doing. Let us know why you like the show. And if you leave a good review, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it on the air. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers and anytime you wanna hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline. I want to use more of your questions to drive conversation on this show in the offseason because It's getting harder and harder to find topics to talk about, although that's going to change in a couple days once free agency opens. But hit me up there on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.